Hey everybody, this is Connor, your podcast producer. Welcome back to the Yellowbird Connect podcast. This week, Kyle is in the studio chatting with Brian Scrone. He's an investor with Holistic REI, and he also wrote the best-selling book, What Matters Most. He's going to be the keynote speaker at our first Connect event of 2020, so make sure that you check that out January 9th at 5 o'clock at the San Jose Country Club. Hope you enjoy their conversation, and I hope you have a great week. The main reason we started Connect is to give everyone the opportunity to do what I did. We wanted to be able to offer the real estate community, especially locally, something new, something that was fresh. And if we can help a couple people change their lives through this education. Just one person or two people coming up to me saying, man, that was awesome. Like what you put on was great. And it'd be a huge win for everyone. If you've gotten any value at all from this Yellowbird podcast, Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. What's up, everybody? Kyle here at Yellowbird Connect Podcast. I've got a special guest who I haven't seen in a couple of years, and I'm pumped he's in the uh, studio today. Brian Scrone, yeah. welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Kyle. I'm stoked to be here. Absolutely. And Brian is going to be our keynote and for our Connect event in January, the first one at San Jose Country Club, 5 o'clock. Um, when me and Cody sat down probably a couple of months back, we were trying to think of some keynotes. And I'm like, man, I haven't heard Brian speak recently, but I knew you were a speaker. I knew you've been in the game. We've, we used to do a lot of business, what, five, seven years ago. Yeah. And, uh, and it's exciting. You're kind of coming back and back in kind of my life and, um, excited to kind of see what you've got and kind of hear your story. But, um, yeah, no, it's just, it's cool to kind of reconnect and kind of want to hear your story and, uh, kind of share with the audience. Um, when, when I was doing business with Brian back in the day, I know you were, you were probably buying five, 10 houses a month from us and we were wholesaling you houses. This is probably 2009, 10, 11, and I know you were selling turnkeys to people all over and uh, doing a lot of real estate. So, and then we kind of fell off. Um, you kind of went and did some different things. And so I kind of want to hear um, if you could tell the audience maybe where you started, what your story is a little bit, yeah. and uh, especially what you're doing today. And I know you wrote a book, so there's all kinds of stuff that's new to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So again, thanks for having me. Uh, background, my story is, is uh, nothing crazy. I grew up in a, you know, regular household, loving household in New Jersey. I grew up in North uh half hour outside of New York City and did not come from a real estate background. I think the only asset that my father ever owned in real estate was the house that we were raised mm -hmm. in. Um, was living in Santa Barbara, California at the time. It was the mid 90s or late 90s. I just graduated college and teaching special ed for nine bucks an hour with a college degree. Really? And, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, yeah, and I couldn't, couldn't pay the rent. What was the college degree? Uh, criminal justice. Okay. Yeah. Which I'll talk about okay. in a minute. <laughs> um, but couldn't keep up. I mean, I, I couldn't pay the rent, couldn't sure. meet my, my minimum payments on my credit card sure. debt, making nine bucks an hour and living in, uh, Santa Barbara. So started looking at different industries, always had sort of a, um, anti-authoritarian personality. I've got myself into all kinds of trouble, which I share in the book as a kid. And so becoming an entrepreneur, I think, was a perfect fit for me. I'm not very employable. Sure. Uh, I know you're not either. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's an asset, really. Um, you know, a lot of people would look at that as a liability. But if you can channel it right, which uh, I feel like I have over the last 25 years of, you know, running my own businesses and, you know, doing a lot of real estate. I mean, that's yep. my core business is, is doing deals and doing real estate. Uh, but I'm totally fascinated by personal development. And I'm, I always say I'm a student for life. So I do a lot of personal development, um, doing keynotes for 
different groups around the world. I'm really blessed to have a, a, a pretty awesome network and get to speak on. Some There's no doubt. I follow, I follow you all the time on Facebook and I see you speaking all over and uh, traveling all over the country. And the coolest thing I see with your kids every time, like it's never you by yourself. Like they're always there by your side, yeah. which is, which is super fortunate. Cause you know, I think everybody kind of dreams of that and you've actually done it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a lifestyle business for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not passionate about real estate. I'll be the first to, to admit that. So the question would be, well, why the hell do you do something for 25 years you're not passionate about? And so for me, real estate has just been an incredible tool that equates to a freedom of time. Definitely. It's no more complicated than that, really. The reason why I do what I do, I love serving people. I love um, not only providing a freedom of time using real estate for me and my family. Um, and thank you for noticing that. That's nice yeah, to definitely. hear. Uh, but for our clients, too. And I think that we do a really good job. But I'm only comfortable putting our investor uh, network into deals that I'm heavily invested in myself. I've always been a buy and hold guy. Um, And so I think that that equates and translates well to the the clients that we're serving. They're extremely sophisticated. They're some of the most brilliant minds in the world. Uh, My typical buyer is like I said earlier, like a, an engineer high up at Google, Facebook, a lot of Silicon Valley investors. So I always sort of pinch myself, even even after doing it, you know, I'm speaking on these stages for like a decade now, every 30, 60 days. So I don't ever get jaded because I, I pinch myself like walking up and there's hundreds of people in the room and they're the most brilliant minds. And I'm thinking to myself, this is some, How kind, did of, I get on this some kind of sick joke because I, yeah, like yeah. I had to cheat to get C's through school. Sure. Like, literally. I mean, I was, I'm not an intellect. I'm a real simple guy. Um, and as I said earlier, the, the older I get, the more simplicity I want. But I, I've been really fortunate to uh, partner up with some of the brokers in California that have these incredible networks of investors. And, you know, they put our hands together with, with our, they put their investors together and partnered up with the, with us and our product. And it's, nice. a, it's a really good match, you know. Let's go back. Where did, what was your first deal? Uh, a triplex in a little coastal town called Lompoc, California, which is like this little hobunk town north okay. of Santa Barbara. Um, How'd you fall into it? How did it come about? It was a state, like a, a court a court deal. Gotcha. Um, it was in an estate. And we bought it for, I'm giving you round numbers because it was 25 years ago, like 150 grand. Uh, totally distressed. All, I think at the time, all three units were vacant. Um, it must, yeah, I think it was totally vacant. And then we came in and put lipstick on it, just paint and carpet, literally doing it ourselves, yeah. like no background in construction, nope. no clue what we're doing. Um, but did the work ourselves. We literally had no money at the time. We borrowed money from uh, some family members to uh, get that deal done. And then we were off to the races. Like we got a little, t- I got a little taste of, you know, we bought it for a buck 50, probably put 20 grand into it. Um, had it appraised for like 250 and we're like looking at the numbers and like I, I would have to teach for a decade <laughs> literally exactly. to, to even come close to making that and then uh, you know raise the rents to, to fair market value and um, that was a couple thousand deals ago yeah no, that's crazy it's crazy <laughs> but that's like the best education I sure. ever had sure you got to get your hands dirty I mean, that's where people a lot of people step in the business thinking you know that that's how the business always is. And it starts that way. But the guys that actually get their hands dirty and, and learn and learn the real mistakes, you know, firsthand and have real knowledge of it, it gives you that new appreciation. So when you're dealing with the construction guy, a thousand deals later, you know what they're going through and you know, it's not always that easy. It's not always that cheap that, you know, I've been through this before. I physically have done this work. So I know what it takes. Yeah. Um, there's a, it's a big you know level of appreciation, especially, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm huge on the, especially within construction. Like you've got to treat those guys as if like, you're not always there to take advantage of them. 
You're not always there for them never to make money. Like you've got to give them a good opportunity. So you got to put yourself somewhat in their shoes of their lifestyle, what they're going through, how they're getting these jobs done. And again, it's the guys that know nothing about construction always struggle with that. They think it's, hey, it's a $30,000 renovation. It should be done in three weeks. And I write $30,000 in the exact number and it never changes. And you gave me a hard bid. And the truth of the matter is our business is not that easy. No. We're not always that simple. No, yeah, we're, um, we're not selling widgets. We're selling houses. So exactly. Every deal's different. Uh, and I love what you're saying there. I, I look at our tenants because I'm a, I'm a landlord full time yep. um, as the the lifeline and the, and the gold and the whole equation there. So a lot of people, you know, don't treat tenants nice. I'm not involved in the day day to day that anymore, obviously, but I make sure that our management company is, has that same mentality and they do right? Sure. like contractors, tenants, like everyone should be treated with respect and it's not rocket yep. science, right? No, not at all. <laughs> so what are you working on? So what's the, what's the newest thing today outside of the book, outside of, you know, the, uh, you know, what matters most book you wrote, everything else, you know, from the real estate side, what's the, uh, what's the main objective? What, what can these listeners kind of follow you for? Yeah. So what I've done is I partnered with a local builder that I know, you know, mm -hmm. is a mutual friend of ours. Um, and it's been a game changer for me. I've been a rehab guy for 25 years. That's how you and I yep. met doing wholesale deals and always doing a rehab on it. We were always sure. either buying it, fixing it, tenant management in place and holding it for ourselves or doing that same scenario and then on selling for turnkey to a, to an investor. And to your point a minute ago, construction's a pain in the ass. I'm yep. just going to call a spade a spade. It's, there's no perfect equation formula. You know, I think there's a lot of great contractors out there. I think that there's also a lot of uh, people sure. that are n not doing the right thing. And so I started to get a little bit jaded with that and we still do that, but I would say 80% of my pipeline or business is uh, new construction. And I, after closing a few hundred of those over the last couple of years for myself holding them yeah. and for our clients, it's, it's been a, you know, they talk about pivots in your career yep. and that one pivot. It's a massive, I mean, if you look at the whole industry right now, <clears throat> the whole bill to rent, you know, five years ago didn't exist. I mean, there was nobody doing it. And now you look at it today and it's becoming, you know, sort of the, the new thing. And I think in five, 10 years from now, you're going to see it be the normal, like it's yeah. going to be normal American homes. All the big institutions are doing it in big scales. And then you've got a lot of guys just, you know, even the mom and pop equity group, stuff like that, that are starting to build neighborhoods out. Yeah. Um, and what does it provide a brand new home, you know, a longevity tenant that can not, not have to worry about living there only one year. They can stay there for 10 years and we'd, you'd appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just a lot different than it was even five years ago. Yeah. It's um, amazing. I, I, last time I saw you, I think it was at IMM. We sort of passed yeah. each other quickly and I was on the, in a meeting with the guys that coined that term, uh, actually, or they claim to, to coin, coin it anyway, but, uh, it's been a, a game changer for us, the build to rent and, um, yeah, that, that, I'm doing a lot of that right now. That's awesome. That's Just awesome. Sim simple. Like I like singles and doubles. I'm not a sure. swing for the fence guy. Once in a while you hit a triple or a home run yeah. and you're, and you're stoked and you know, you have a beer over it. But for me, going back to the simplicity theme, singles and doubles, singles and doubles, like I can tell you in. Well, the good thing, especially for you is when you're selling a turnkey brand new construction product, you can, you can really give them a certain level as everything is new versus in another, in an old house, something that you renovate, doesn't matter how well you do it. There are things can get missed. Things can go wrong. You know, and they, they, and they do. And within new, you got a lot more control over the process. And nowadays with, with pricing the way it is, you're not, there's not that much spread difference in between what it's going to cost you to renovate in rent or versus, you know, building a brand new product, especially yeah. if you can do it with some scale. And that's something I think you got, you know, you and your partners kind of have down. Yeah. And you're right. When you, when you do the numbers, you, you gotta, you know, there's, there's, 
projected performers and then there's realities. And, and when you look out two, three years into apples to apples, a $100,000 rehab home, that looks like a, you know, a 1% return or yeah. um, versus a new construction that would be, you know, maybe six, 7% cash on cash. I think if you look out three, four, five years, you'll realize that apples to apples, they're, they're, they're the same because that extra couple points gets washed out in the maintenance. I don't sure. care how good of a rehab you do. Yep. It's a hundred. It's a there's no doubt. I mean, we've, we've recognized that our portfolio, we own, you know, we own 1100 houses and our newer stuff. There's no doubt about it that it's easier to maintain. It's easier to rent, easier to, um, easier to just maintain in general renovations. You're got, you're dealing with drywall, not plaster houses. If you got to rip something out, you've got uh, PVC drain lines versus, you know, old, uh, cast iron. So the whole thing makes it easier and you're hundred percent right over the long term. It's, it's just a lot easier game and yeah. a lot more, it's easier to kind of pinpoint what it's going to be. Yeah. versus the guess. And then for the listeners, I don't know, a lot of people might not be aware of this, um, especially if you're just getting into it. You know, there's a state mandated new construction warranty. So for our, our investors, they're getting that sure. two and 10 and that really mitigates ongoing maintenance. So, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That doesn't come with a 60 year old house. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so tell me about the book. Where did that start? Yeah. So where did the idea I, start to actually write a book? Yeah. You asked me that's to, a gargantuan task, I'm sure. Yeah. You asked me about my background to start and I sort of uh, my ADD kicked in and we got sidetracked there, but I'll talk about it. Um, really excited to do the keynote for, keynote for you in January and I'll go into depth on my, my background. But in a nutshell, I got into a bunch of shit as a kid in, in, in New Jersey and New mm-hmm. York. Um, just really rambunctious, you know, started partying and doing drugs and selling drugs. And I started getting arrested and just a bunch of debauchery for about a, a good decade of my life. Um, so when I hit 20, 2021, it was basically my rock bottom and um, just went into a tail tailspin of depression and sort of had to work through that. And that's when I w- was actually moving out west after I graduated college and started to figure out, well, what the hell do I want to do with my life? Like just, sure. just teaching for nine bucks an hour things not going to not going to cut it. So um, went into real estate back in the, the mid 90s. Um, started out broke, um, started out in debt. So worse than broke and pretty quickly. I mean, it seemed looking back on it, it was like I batted my eyelashes, but from 2000, from 1998 to 2004, we bought and held a couple hundred houses cause we've always been in the buy and hold mentality. Um, so multimillionaires before we were 30 and I don't, I don't say that's a brag because there's a second part of that story, which is 2008. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we plowed millions of dollars out of California into, um, Jacksonville in particular and some other coastal regions like as far south as Titusville, uh, 2006 and 2007. So we're obviously buying at the top of the market. 2008, the world unravels. And, you know, I was talking, went from being a multimillionaire, 29 years old to 31, um, talking to bankruptcy attorneys two yep. years later. Um, and I know you were exposed and probably dealt with a lot. I don't know how exposed I got you were lucky. I was no, I, I was actually that. never got exposed. So I graduated college in 2006 and the market crashed in 08. I owned one house. Um, one personal house. So I never, I, I, I was fortunate that if I would have graduated in probably 2004, I probably would have been in that. Like <laughs> it would have been, I was just, I was just before I was just getting to the point where I was starting to hold stuff, hold more inventory. I was really just wholesaling back then. Yeah. So I got, I got really lucky that I didn't dive into anything. Yeah. And it was a nightmare going through it. I mean, it sure. was, I, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. With that said, uh, you know, looking back, I'm happy it happened. I yeah. think that we got a little too big for our britches and got, you know, need sure. some humble pie. And so went through that downturn, weathered the storm. I did avoid bankruptcy, thank God. But back fast forward to today, you asked me about the book. Um, when 2008 happened, I'd met my wife in 2004. We dated for a couple of years, got married in 2006. So she met me at the top, like yeah. 
everything was as good as it's going to get, right? Yeah. Um, and then two years later, after we got married, I had to go to her and say, honey, I can't pay the light bill and we're about to lose our house and we're going to lose everything and I can't pay family and friends that I owe money to. And yep. it was a total shit, shit storm. So I had to take a step back again um, and say, the way I'm doing things is not sustainable, right? Like yeah. I know how to make money, um, but obviously I don't know how to keep it. Yep. Um, so now rebuilding, fast forward to today, we're, we're back to doing very well. And in the, in the interim, um, I think I got to a point, I've always been a student for life. Like I said, I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into my own personal, invested yep. in myself basically, yep. right? Going to mentors and business classes and yep. everything you can imagine, a lot of real estate, a lot of business. Sure. Um, and so I think I got to the point um, after we started to rebuild and stabilize that I got to a point in my life where I was more excited to become a father in, in, in the interim of that yeah. going through. And congratulations to Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. How old's the baby? Uh, three weeks. Three we're weeks. three weeks and one day now. So you're totally. So, yeah, we're right in the middle of it. You're floating. So right in the middle of it. Yeah. So. Slept two hours last night. Yeah, so I hear you, brother. You know, but that's, that was a good night. You don't have any black so, rings under your eyes. No, so not, yet. not yet. <laughs> I only need two, so I'm good. I'll call you in, call you in a month and we'll see exactly. how um, Back to this. I got to the point where um, I was more excited about helping people through my story than I was worried about being judged. Yep. And I think that that's a really, um, that was really pivotal for me. And so I started working with a, a buddy of mine who's a a best-selling uh, ghostwriter slash co-author. Um, he, he's a professional writer, I guess sure. is the best way to describe it. He's based like off the grid in Northern Canada. Um, and I'm living down here in Florida in the tropics. And he interviewed me back and forth. He, he saw me give a talk um, somewhere up in Canada and, you know, said, Hey, did you ever think about, you know, putting your, your story to, to page? And said, oh, I, you know, I don't have the time. I don't have the skill set, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, let's, let's chat. So he started interviewing me and he was recording these interviews. And ultimately he drew some incredible questions. He, he asked the right questions and I drew the gotcha. right answer. So he, so he really was without him would have ever gotten there. His name's on the Gotcha. Board. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Xander. That's he, really cool. He's become like a brother. And, um, so he drew the story out of me and then through all the networking that I've been doing and speaking on different real estate stages and, and uh, mentorships and uh, mastermind groups, um, I had a really good reach. So I had a lot of support when I launched the book and it was international bestseller in the U.S. and Canada on Amazon. So it, it really gave me this platform sure. to be able to share to share my story and um, try and help people. I'm, I'm really the thing that excites me is Big Surf. Um, and helping people. Yeah. And so, you know, you can only surf a couple hours. You could, you could surf 12 hours a day, but I'm too old for that. Yep. Shit. <laughs> is there a sequel? Um, yeah. You ever so think about doing another one or is it? Yeah. There's a couple different things that are going in my brain right now, literally driving over here to sit with you. Um, I'm a huge fan of podcasts and, yep. and audio books and, um, Joe Rogan was talking to Ma Malcolm Gladwell, who's like this incredible yep. author. I'm sure you know yep. the name. Um, and they were just talking about audio and I was, it, I've had people say, why, aren't, why, why don't you have this on audio? So I need to get in a studio. Maybe I'll, I'll hire you guys. Yeah, just hit us up. Just yeah. come on in. Yeah. We'll, we'll record it. And <laughs> um, jokes aside, I just need to do it. You know, sure. still get it done. Um, and then I was at a, an event that my buddy Giovanni puts on in Toronto a couple weeks ago. It was very inspirational. Some of the most brilliant minds in, in the world um, speaking on stage. And I texted my wife and said, we need to write a children's story of what matters most, the five F's, um, in 2020. And she's like gung ho. I like it. Yeah. So I think that the next project, I'm more excited about a children's version of this book than, than an audio, but maybe they'll happen simultaneously. No, definitely. 
Yeah, That's I got. Cool. So, so tell you, us what's give us a little the thirty second background on the book. So the book, the, the the front half of the book is my life story, sort of a um, autobiography, I guess you could say, um, and going into detail of all the debauchery that I started sure. to share with you, and then working out of that or through it. Um, I, today I don't have it all figured out, um, but I do have a lot of balance. I feel and a lot of a piece in my life, and so the second half of the book and how I obtain that is through this thing called the five F's and it yep. comes from a, a mentor named Keith. And Cunningham. it says it right on the book. Yeah. So the book is what matters most and finding your focus with the five F's. So the five F's in the second half of the book are um, each chapter is focused on each one of those relationships. So the, the five F's are faith, fitness, family, friends, and finance. Uh, and each chapter I go into depth and share some tangible tools being real estate guy. I, sure. I love tangible stuff. Yep. I don't like stuff that's sort of Eth, you know, out in the ethers, I like to get my hands on stuff. So some of the tools that I've learned from mentors and some of the smartest people in the world I share in the book. So it's a very uh, user friendly. You can read it in a couple hours. Yeah. Um, I've gotten some good feedback on people taking the tools and putting them to use and it having a, a pretty profound impact on their lives. Just simple, real, real simple stuff, but very effective. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. You brought, he brought a couple copies for the office, everybody else. So yeah, I'm excited to read it. Yeah. I got more too. If it, I, I didn't know how many cool. were on your team. So here. what else has happened in life, man? What else did I miss over the last couple of years? Uh, lots of surf. That's uh, lots, my, I know I see that. Yeah. That's my passion. I, I surfed this morning. We have actually a, a pretty good groundswell in uh, St. Augustine yeah, right now. That's awesome. It's been really good. Um, that's my, my passion, um, anything having to do with the ocean. And then, you know, you mentioned travel. I think the best education for my children as a, as a young father is getting them out of their, their bubble here in, yep. in Northeast Florida. Cause it's a awesome place to raise a family, but we're, it is a bit of a bubble here. Definitely. So I love exposing the kids to different cultures. My wife is European, so she's speaking German at home, and we pull them out of school in the winter. And, um, we have a second home in Puerto Rico that has oh, nice. some of the what best. Part? Aguadilla. Okay. You know Puerto Rico? A little bit. Yeah. So, There's some deals I mean, down been, there. Yeah, there. There was. Yeah. There were some stupid deals. Yeah. There so, still is. Is there? Yeah. You just have to, you know, have to know the locals and just like anything else. I used to go there. used to be a direct flight out of Jack's and they stopped it like five or six years ago, but mm -hmm. we used to go there three times a year at least. Oh man. So we would always, we would go to the St. Regis right there at, what's it? It's just east of. Isla uh, Verde. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the other side of the island where the surf's really yep. good. So we spend been going there for 15 years and we bought a, a two-family building there with a couple of childhood buddies a couple of years well 15 years ago and have been going non-stop uh you know this was before wife and kids and then over the last 15 years we all got married came home started settling down and uh, we actually put the, pull the kids out of the montessori school that we haven't been here in st augustine every winter and spend a month or two that's great down there and they're in a waldorf spanish immersion down really there, so that's awesome totally so they get of, to be in that culture too that's yeah sweet. totally out of their comfort zone i remember being like riddled with anxiety myself, like dropping them off, like I'm dropping smart. off a three-year-old at a place. He doesn't speak the language, but yeah. you know what? They just, you know, I mean, they, sure. you drop them off. Yeah, they're fine. They they best, give them a little bit and they're good. Best friends a half hour later. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so let's, um, let's, before we wrap it up, let's talk about your keynote and kind of what people are, can expect. I mean, can you give us a little bit of insight on what you're going to be talking about? And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I want to, um, go a little bit more depth into my story. There's some detail there that I think uh, a lot of people would be able to relate to. Sure. You know, it's that old hero's journey. Everyone has a story. Everybody. Everyone's been through shit. Um, again, I don't have it all figured out, but I think I have some cool tools to share with your community. Definitely. Um, and yeah, I'm excited, excited to do that. Um, I think that if I can give them something to walk away with, that's tangible that they can start doing the next day, 
that's yep. going to have a profound impact on one of those, whether it's with himself, which I think faith is, I'm not a religious guy, but faith yep. is religion, uh, relationship with self. Sure. Uh, I think that it has to start there. And then you can start to, um, you know, that will, the relationship with yourself is going to enrich those other four external relationships of family and friends and your fitness and your finance. Um, so just excited to share that story and then give them some tools to start using right away. Definitely. Well, we're pumped to, uh, to launch out the year with you. So I appreciate coming out. Appreciate coming here. I'm excited to uh, see you in January. And uh, if anyone ever wants to reach out to you, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah. Uh, and where do they get the book on Amazon? I'm, I'm assuming Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. You can just type in my name. What matters most? My name's Brian Scrone. And then our uh, real estate business is holistic REI.com like real estate yep. investment. And so I got to ask before we wrap sure. up yellow bird. Oh yeah. We, yeah. We started talking about this. So, so Brian asked me on the way in right before and I said we hit it on the podcast. So he was asking me where did Yellowbird come from? And I'm not sure if I've ever really discussed with this too many people, but um, we hired Cody and on our first day at work, she showed up wearing a yellow dress. Um, we sat down and literally it was, we had, this is prior to a business uh, breakup that I had with an old business partner of nine years, I think. Um, so it was rebranding and completely saying, Hey, we're going to come up with a brand new name, brand new, brand new, everything kind of start from scratch. Um, what do we want to name it? We sat down and it was, what do we want to name it? And we started writing down a list and I was literally on my computer writing down a list and I was pulling up street names and I was literally starting at the office and I was pulling up stuff near. So it was like, we we work off DuPont. So it was like, could it be DuPont? Could it be something else? And, and there was a street just behind us, Bluebird and wrote down Bluebird. And I was like, I don't like Bluebird. What about Yellowbird? And so I wrote down and then I had a list of about 20 of them and I just started going through them and I was like, no, 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 no. And I like, I think I circled that one. I might've circled something else. Um, yeah, it didn't take it didn't take long. Like, a, like, in in a, and I had some resistance, especially Pat resisted it really hard. I think Cody resisted it a little bit because it didn't really have any meaning. It had no back history to it. Um, but we settled on it before lunch that day. Well, yeah, you probably. Guys both texted your wives. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think we texted well, our that, wives. Well, that's because they're smart. Yeah, I think we texted our wives. We made sure we made sure it was uh, it was okay, and we had that done. I think we had a logo that night. I think you might have had a logo done that night. We had a. We had this painting probably done the next day and uh, it was Yellowbird from there. So yeah, it really, I, it really did not take much thought. Um, I love the simplicity of it. And I, I especially love the, uh, the mission statement, which the viewers can't see behind us, but uh, I love it. Yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's kind of fun to every once in a while kind of rebrand, start over, kind of come up with something creative and new. And uh, I did it with holistic. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's it. Nothing, nothing that exciting, but, um, but it's kind of how it came up. So cool, man. Well, I'm so, uh, Stoked primarily for you being a new father. I think there's nothing, nothing more important in the world, Appreciate but it. love seeing your success. I mean, we've known each other for over a decade yep. now. I can't believe I'm saying that, but uh, great to be connected and can't wait to uh, speak to your group in January. Good deal, guys. Hey, everybody, once again, January 9th, San Jose Country Club, five o'clock. Come out to connect. Brian's keynoting and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to the new year. Um, so go out there, you know, hustle, grind it, get ready for the new year. There's going to be uh, 2020 is going to be great for a lot of people. So. Um, looking forward to it. Thanks for coming up, Brian. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man.